Hi, this is Design Lota, the podcast where we talk about life as Indian designers. I'm Angie. And I'm Sushi. In our last episode, we got an insight into what it takes to be an industrial designer in India. It's been great to see the response from you listeners on that one. Hope to keep the tempo up with this episode. We're talking to typeface designer Pooja Saxena, who's involved in some really exciting side projects. Let's get to it. Hi Pooja, welcome to Design Lota. We're excited to have you and we're really looking forward to this conversation. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I think it's super great that there is a design podcast sort of based out of India and I'm really excited to be on it. It feels special. Thank you. Thank you for being here. So uh, why don't we just dive in straight to your story. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tell us how you became a designer, how you narrowed into or if I can call it narrowing down. No, I think it definitely is. Definitely narrowing down. I mean, I think like even when I was little, people, maybe like my parents and other adults, I think they definitely thought I might get into something which, you know, how people call quote unquote, like artistic. Mm-hmm. I was like a real yeah. science nut, but I really enjoyed drawing and stuff. Eventually, when, you know, as a teenager, I was sort of asked more seriously what I wanted to do. I mostly thought that I could become yeah. a journalist because I thought that was really cool. Or I thought I could okay. become like an animator. I think that was around the time that the Academy Awards included the award for, you know, the best animated film around yeah. that time. And I thought, okay, oh, okay, it would be so cool to win an Oscar for an animated film. Talk about like dreaming. Wow, yeah. <laughs> so I thought like that would be cool. I mean, I have distinct memories of rehearsing a speech, as embarrassing as it sounds now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought like, one of those two things could be fun to do. And my parents were really sweet about like, you know, thinking of like which friends or acquaintances they had who had like, you know, like similar careers and to sort of then get me to talk right. to them to like really understand what it was like so I spoke to someone my parents know who also gone to NID actually mm-hmm. uh, they'd done the graphic design program okay. and I spoke to them and it sounded fun but in my conversations with him I realized maybe what I want to do is more graphic design than animation you know and he was like ah, you don't need okay. to decide like just go for it and these are decisions you can make in college and so I was like okay cool like yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll try graphic design out so yeah I, I went and did my bachelor's okay. at NIFT in Delhi okay and it's during that time that I realized is that the thing that even within graphic design really captures my imagination most is probably okay. type. Yeah, so when I was lucky enough to realize that you could actually like be a type designer, you know, yeah. like now it's actually quite a popular career choice, but whatever, 10, 12 years ago, it really wasn't. Right. But, right. you know, and I was like, wow, like you can actually be that. And I looked up a bunch of colleges abroad and then I was like, okay. it's okay, I'll work for a graphic design firm for a while in India and then I'll see if I can get some scholarship to go study. And, so. okay. and thankfully okay. it all fell into place. So I went to study type design and yeah I became a type designer that that sounds amazing and you know I know it must have been a long journey even though now when you look back it just now it sounds like it all went like from A to B without any and maybe it did like I think like at the time it felt much harder than it was okay (laughs) okay that's just how all of us feel and even now for you to realize at least at the right time that okay people do this (laughs) right Um, yeah like that was that was really fortuitous yeah, it was okay, pretty cool. That's great. You know. Even when I was in Reading, I was really interested in working on Indian scripts. And mm-hmm. just like not living in India seems like an impediment. Mm. You know, like there's so much to look at, like problems that you experience firsthand when you're just mm. like walking on the street here, which you yeah. can't like living. So you're like in the middle of, of it. Yeah. 
Yeah, right. and I mean, I know yeah. not everyone can have that opportunity. I mean, if you're, it's not like people who are not Indian can't work on Indian type or don't. Yeah. But yeah. I realized like I had the option of just being in the thick of things hmm. because you know this is my home is. Yeah. So yeah. I think I definitely missed that because that's where my interest in type sort of had mm-hmm. reached, and okay. I felt that being in India made more sense. Cool. So, what brought you back to Bangalore? So, I mean, I'm like a all out hundred percent like Delhi girl. Uh, okay, I, okay. I landed up in Bangalore because I had a bunch of friends living there, and they were like, "What are you going to do mm-hmm. in Delhi? Just move here, mm-hmm. it'll be fun." Okay, <laughs> as I suppose young okay. people do. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I really didn't have like a straightforward plan as to what I was going to do. I had some savings, and okay. I basically, and I was willing to do like some graphic design work on the side while I figured things out. Mm-hmm. I caught another lucky break in the sense that there was there is an internship program um, which is now called Outreachy, but it used to be called the Out. Okay each program for women when i did it which was basically an internship program for women and underrepresented communities in technology so okay. i applied for an internship to do uh, type design for okay. uh, an open Uh, operating system for okay. a few months okay. and i got mm-hmm. that internship that sort of like became like the first real thing to do once i came back and that kind of okay. got the ball rolling a little bit because like i had work and then i was able to travel a little as a result of the internship to go to like a conference speak about the work that i did so it also gave me a bunch of confidence okay. about like really okay. being able to do this Hmm. you know like because that was a real fear that okay fine i've been to like design school but that doesn't mean i'm an actual designer hmm. and that was like a right, remote right. internship so it required a lot of independence and it required a lot of like figuring things out on your own i think that was a great experience because it it taught me a little bit about my strengths and my limitations and how i can how i can actually like work on my own without like needing someone to tell me what to do like as long as i had the bigger picture i could work on my own so that was really great and then i then i mean like you know projects Sort of come and go. I did a bunch of projects for Google Fonts after that for the next few years. Um, okay. Latin stuff. I worked on some like Indian script things. Mm-hmm. But then on the side, I was also doing like graphic design. I was also doing like introduction design. Honestly, like I quite enjoyed doing that because like if you design typefaces, they're meant to be like used in particular contexts. And right. if you also do other kinds of design, you start to think about what kind of fonts. people might need or what things they need in their fonts okay what people are doing with what you uh, with the type exactly. you're creating with, with the type that someone is creating i mean otherwise again you can find yourself in a bubble things like that basically once i got back i actually really enjoy working out of my home studio and not having human dis- distractions <laughs> Sounds sad, but I actually really think I'm very productive like that. Yeah. That's great. I'm going to ask you later for some tips for people, <laughs> people who want to do that. How do you stay motivated? And yeah, I think like if there is one thing in life I've cracked, it's that. Like I don't think I've cracked anything else in life except like this whole work from home thing. That I do well. Wow. <laughs> Let's talk about some of the typefaces you've uh, created, worked mm-hmm. on. Um, whatever you're at the liberty of actually sharing with us. Right. So yeah, I mean it's. It's been a nice like mix of things. I think um, when I was doing my internship for OPW, I started working on uh, this open source typeface called Cantorel, uh, which is designed by Dave Crossland, and uh, I was working mm-hmm. on basically extending it to other languages. Okay, so that was okay. that is how my internship started, and that landed me uh, a gig with Google Fonts to do further extensions on that. And then I did some more fonts for them. One was actually making a matching Devanagari design to Cantorel, which is a font that okay. is called uh, Cambay. So it's basically mm-hmm. like a sans serif, unmodulated Devanagari typeface in a couple of weights, italics. 
the basic thing. Uh, after that, I worked on a Gujarati typeface for Google Fonts that was like a more informal handwriting style font, which was really fun to do because I have something of a grasp over Gujarati. Like I can, like I can read a newspaper or I can okay. read a sign, but like I don't really speak or read or write. Okay. So it was a bit of a challenge to sort of almost like learn a new script properly and then. Since it was a handwriting font, I had to learn how to write like people. Like I couldn't just make mm. geometric shapes or something, right? Like I was like a child, like yeah, like yeah. doing like writing in practice books over and over again to develop mm. to develop a Gujarati handwriting almost because I didn't have one. So that was like okay, a fun okay. project. Also, like it didn't have as many like because it was an informal brief. There was a bit of leeway in terms of how I wanted to interpret it. So that was a really fun okay, thing to okay. do as well. Um, I think like. Probably mm. the most the most exciting type project I've worked for uh, worked on is um, for a script called uh, Old Chiki, which is used mm-hmm. um, to write a language called Santhali, which is a language which is used okay. in Central India and in a couple of our neighboring countries. It's the script of an indigenous people in India called the Santhals, mm-hmm. even though it's what one would call a minority script in India. It has like over five million speakers, which is incredible. Okay. I mean. I suppose we have so many people in the country that, you know, the concepts of minority and majority are pretty broken in terms of like numbers. So yeah, it was it was a very interesting, again, a script that I didn't, I mean, I hadn't even heard of the script till before the project came to be, right? So it was a big yeah. learning curve, but that was a really interesting project because there right. was so much to sort of unlearn also because it was brand new, right? Mm. So yeah, 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 that was quite a bit of fun. But yeah, like you were saying, like a lot of work that one ends up doing is under like NDAs and stuff and you can't talk about it so it's always fun to do like more like smaller type or lettering projects which are self-initiated right right like you have something interesting to do that you can also share with people that you can like quickly get feedback from people about and just maybe like put some of your ideas Mm -hmm. out there to see how people react to them you know so like yeah yeah which is which is something because we need a little bit of community also right a sense of community that okay you want someone to show it to, hey, look, what do you think about this, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, especially when you work alone, right? Yeah, From home, yeah. like, you don't have, like, colleagues you can just walk over to. Right. And, yeah, and I mean, type design is, in a way, like, a long, tedious mm. process, right? Mm. It's sometimes nice to just do something really tiny yeah. to get sort of free yourself from the shackles and just mm-hmm. for fun so like last year like every week I drew the Devanagari letter Kerr in a different style okay okay as a challenge mm-hmm. like I mean I was having a conversation with a friend and who, who's not a designer and they said something to the effect of you know like Hindi fonts are boring like there are no styles ah. and I was like that's because nobody's made them and they were like no 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 styles can exist like it is a boring script <laughs> I was like no that's <laughs> not true like, I can prove you wrong that's a nice way to really challenge designers I know, right? <laughs> I was like, I will prove you wrong. Yeah. And so I decided I was going to draw like a different style every week. Okay. And, and to be honest, like halfway through it, I was like, okay, maybe I can't really prove them <laughs> that wrong. <laughs> Okay. okay. After drawing about 25, 30, and I was like, can I really draw something brand new now? Hmm. But it was it was a really fun challenge. Like the community can be even online can be very very supportive. Hmm. If I disappeared for two three weeks and then came back with something subpar, people were still sort of like encouraging. <laughs> like it's okay. <laughs> we'll draw something that you like better next time. But right. I definitely think I've got like some solid ideas for full typefaces from the project. So okay. win win. Wow. I guess. Tell us a little bit about your process. Like you spoke about how. How you worked with uh, Cantorel, which is like there's an existing typeface, mm-hmm. and then you have to kind of study it and give it a new 
twist or like work with it some more and other times you have right. to like just learn and like what you did with uh, farsan kind of you have to right just create and yeah yeah so how do you how is your process like how much time do you spend in the whole immersive part of it because you were saying it's it's a long process right so can you give us like a picture mm-hmm. of how you'd work i think like if i'm if i'm working on a script that i'm not entirely familiar with which would literally mm-hmm. be everything except for latin and devanagari which are like the two scripts i grew up learning and using mm-hmm. right i mean there are some i'm kind of familiar with but others are just like brand yeah. new right in cases where it is new there is a bit of time mm-hmm. like when i say time possibly like a few weeks okay. of just really spending a lot of time understanding what the shapes are like mm-hmm. a lot of like drawing by hand um a lot of uh, looking at the same shapes done in different styles if possible because if you look at letters only drawn in a particular style or just one person's handwriting you start to think that is the only way mm. right but letters are actually quite flexible okay. like yeah. people do interpret them in a few different styles and it's all legible yeah. and it's all understandable so right. first like just understanding what about a particular script makes it unique mm. what about an individual letter makes it recognizable like what part of it can you just not like get rid of right right like so if you think of like the capital letter a for instance mm-hmm. if you remove the middle line yeah. people can still identify it as an a right 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 so you know that that part can be dispensable but for instance if instead of the two lines joining on top you put them further away then it stops being an a yeah yeah and we all sort of naturally grasp that because you've used the script all the time right but when it's a new script you have to sort of immerse yourself in trying to understand as best as possible what what is the character of each letter that makes it so yeah yeah and sort of making sure you don't like mess with that at all right so there is that aspect of like immersion and then there's also just a- the aspect of doing research in terms of that script's typographic culture right what has been done in the past okay um was it good or bad for what reasons are there models worth emulating are there models which you must avoid and in case you have to avoid them why like what is it that went wrong in that design okay okay and how do you go about exploring it like what resources would you look at like would you look at posters or something or you know how people have used this manuscript all sorts of things so like yeah. i mean if you can find them all of these things like manuscripts any kind of lettering examples whether it's street lettering or posters mm. or book covers handwriting mm. samples you know old okay. font specimens old books which have like text in different languages basically whatever newspapers mm. magazines like right. quite literally whatever you can get your hands on to make your sample size as diverse and as large as possible so that you can really look at a good mm. range of right. things So yeah so like for instance when one is in reading they have a very good sort of set of resources available there which you can look at in terms of again similar things right like newspapers in a lot of languages mm. um old typeface specimens which just give you a glimpse of what has been done and what people have mm. accepted or not accepted and then also just like reading a lot right sometimes you need to look at more linguistic uh resources in terms of understanding how particular right. script works mm-hmm. how do matras attach or are there places where a letter has to be drawn differently because that's the norm of the script so there's also a sort of linguistic aspect to it then there's the technical aspect because indian scripts are not as straightforward to design as latin so you're looking for resources that help you mm-hmm. create a functional font so there's a whole lot of that yeah, yeah. <laughs> to begin with and then i mean based on your brief you know so for instance for farsan it was clear that it had to be hmm. like casual hmm. handwriting right but even within that it could be casual handwriting like hmm. it could be naive like a child's right. handwriting or it could be a grown ups 
or it could be handwriting using any number of tools for instance like what is a model you're thinking of somebody right, writing right. with a brush a sketch mm-hmm. pen with a marker so then you start to like narrow your brief right, and make right. decisions right and once you have like a more succinct brief you to sketches whether on paper or mm-hmm. on your computer but you basically define your concept based right. on your brief using you know some sort of representative letters from that script mm-hmm. for instance if a script has some letters which are round some which are straight some which are angular right. you ideally want to draw a couple of each right mm-hmm. so you know if your idea translates right. to all those shapes for instance you also want to quickly see like what happens in words like if you draw a certain letter a particular way can you really attach matras to right, it properly right. if not how are you going to do that so you really do need to make like a smaller model of an entire typeface first to see really mm-hmm. just prototype mm-hmm. right right just prototype your idea very quickly and once you feel that you've hit upon a working prototype you really start to fill in the typeface with all the things it needs yeah and then also I mean, it is pretty iterative because they're tiny things and they're fiddly <laughs> okay it really sounds like you just end up learning the language so is that what happens <laughs> because you spent so much time with it that's mm-hmm. a funny thing right you don't actually learn the language you learn how to read the script hmm. which is extremely limiting skill to have <laughs> okay so if i can read gujarati like i could I can sound it. I can sound a lot of it out. I don't know what it means. <laughs> okay, right? Like it's it's a completely silly thing that way. Like I know. So we can't take it to Gujarat and expect you to tell us what it says all over. I mean, maybe maybe in Gujarat a little bit because I can understand it a little bit. Okay. Like some years ago, I was working on a Cyrillic project, which is the script used to write Russian, for instance. Mm-hmm. and i could read a little bit while i was working on it i've promptly forgotten all of it but okay, okay. i don't know russian like i had no idea what i was reading <laughs> like, okay i could have been reading the children's so not even like the sounds article. and phonetics and stuff the sounds i could say but I, for instance if i say hello if right, i don't know right. what it means like, <laughs> i could be saying a curse i could be singing a song like no clue whatsoever it's a okay. very strange sort of skill to have when you mm. do develop but also you forget right if you don't mm. use it again and again you right. can just you just forget if you don't use it it's a nice party trick <laughs> that's really interesting so there could be typeface designers who you know worked on typeface and yet don't know what's yeah. being written yeah <laughs> using I mean, it. I mean, that is certainly something that happens okay. <laughs> cool so you know you were talking about fun challenges mm-hmm. to do right so tell us about this thing you did called typerventions was that your idea or you know how how does it work um, what so, happens like the idea is totally not mine a couple of designers were working in delhi then uh, kriti monga who's this amazing lettering artist and kalapi okay. yeah. who i think then yeah. was working at widen and kennedy but ended up being one of my classmates at reading actually i think both of them actually one day just decided to go and do a little installation with leaves on a fence on the outer ring road in delhi like they basically wove these long dried okay. leaves okay. through the mesh sort of boundary walls that people put up and they mm. did that and it and i think they had a lot of fun right. doing right. it and then after that i think kriti really like took on okay. the idea and started doing it with more people and i think one of the people in the group i think this photographer called kasha she actually came up with the name typervention you know like type or typography plus intervention okay. typervention and so mm-hmm. at some point okay. in around that time i quit my job because i knew that i was going to reading and that's when i got like really involved with mm-hmm. what we were doing i think the first one that i was massively involved with in delhi was one that we did in hoskhas village I mean Hoskas village is basically near a very very large okay. reservoir of water which is called Hoze Khas uh, but most people just call it a lake uh, I suppose we were pedantic and we thought we must tell people okay. what it's called 
like people should know what this thing is called and we thought it was an interesting way to sort of <laughs> okay. you know open up a conversation about how we were all working and hanging out and living near this historical site right and we didn't really know much about it and possibly that name could spark a larger conversation about it so hmm. we basically decided to make i don't know if you played that game as a child but we used to do this thing with paper which we would call tippy tippy tap tap like i don't know if you know what this is um you made this little thing with okay how does it you, you made this little thing with paper like fairly simple origami and how do i explain this mm-hmm. oh okay okay yeah i think i know you put it in your fingers exactly you put it in your fingers and there are four bits right like i don't know what you called it when you were growing up <laughs> Uh, now right. I don't remember, but yeah, I know what you're saying. Which color do you choose? Exactly. Which color? Like that. Now I don't. Tap tap. Which color do you choose? And you would like write colors underneath. Like I don't even know what the objective ah, of the game yes. was, honestly. Like I have no idea uh, hmm. anymore. But so we prototyped those, and we figured that those actually float on water, which they do, right? Yeah. Okay. They have those like little pockets of air in the middle. So we ended up making like hundreds of those. and we used okay. each of them as a pixel and then okay. with okay. thread and needles we sewed them together to make letters okay and then we sewed them into really cool it was a lot of fun we sewed the letters together to turn them into words so then we now had like hundreds of boats sewn together and our plan was to float them in the lake for an evening okay and what does it say it says the and name of the it is hose khas the name of the reservoir not very inventive okay there. the name was clearly very important <laughs> okay um, So yeah, and so we—I mean—we needed to make hundreds of boats. Okay. So we really like pushed it out on like Facebook and stuff that you know we're doing mm-hmm. this thing, mm-hmm. and we would love for people to like come by and work with us, okay, and help us do it. And surprisingly, I mean, you never know what people turn up for, right? <laughs> like people thought this was interesting. <laughs> people actually like showed up. I, I would have—I would have been there helping you float <laughs> some boats. <laughs> I mean, good to know. I mean, yeah, I suppose yeah. like I mean, it was a fun thing, right? But like sometimes when you're thinking of it, you're like like who's going to be dumb enough to show up for this? <laughs> But people didn't even realize that you know people actually like you were saying like a like community mm-hmm. is important. Yeah. Sometimes it's fun to do something like this with yeah, people, yeah. even if they're new. Yeah. We did that there, and like obviously soon after I left for Reading, and a lot of these things just kept happening in Delhi. And whenever I could, you know, like I would contribute the design from like wherever I was. Mm-hmm. I would just like I would help in the letter design of it all. I suppose I was a type designer. That was my strength. And then when I moved back, instead of Delhi, because I went to Bangalore. Right. Apart from like my friends, I didn't really know any other people. Mm-hmm. So I was like, it would be a nice way to sort of meet, you know, like like-minded, yeah, type-loving people. And so I was like, okay, you know, I had a few people who seemed interested, and I thought, you know, like why not? Let's just put out a. like open thing for people to show up and make some stuff with type and it turns out people like that exist in bangalore also wow <laughs> so so it was actually extremely fun so in bangalore what's the kind of stuff you did actually i'm from bangalore so that that's why so, i'm I mean, trying to understand what's what's the because <laughs> sort of thing you did in in bangalore we did do a bangalore specific thing to be honest not the first thing the second one okay in bangalore uh, so both times we did a type convention we did it at carbon park on a sunday okay okay it's a space for the people right so we could really come and just do whatever we felt right like. i felt that uh, it would be a real opportunity to also have just like people engage with what we were doing mm-hmm. because that was definitely one of the takeaways from doing it in hoskas like there were lots of people around the lake who go for evening walks mm. Right, okay. and they were genuinely interested about what these two girls were trying to do. <laughs> like genuine interest. Right, and they were actually quite open to talking about type and you know, like oh, you can do this, or oh, you work as a graphic mm. designer, or whatever. Right, right. So 
like Kavan Park was a nice place to also uh, encourage conversation mm. with just non-design people, right? Right. Who were in the area. Right. Um, so the first thing we did was basically on the theme of food. Mm. So the idea was that um, using um, sort of like regular everyday material, nothing right. too expensive, nothing too fancy or hard to find. Uh, we would basically uh, spell out puns or jokes or things like that around food. Okay. Okay. Um, so we had like this little Facebook group, and first we like brainstormed like silly things to say about food, mm. and, and then we brainstormed ideas about how we might be able to, uh, you know. make them okay okay we kind of met on a sunday and like i got like all this material and then people just like took over like people did whatever they felt like so i like i remember this one which i thought was hilarious like okay. i think a couple of people wrote the hindi word nacho like dance mm-hmm. um using nachos <laughs> okay that's nice <laughs> right so like, yeah and so it like it got like quite a bit of fun that way right, like people right. were willing to just like make really fun with it with it like mm-hmm. yeah i think like someone did um on like monaco biscuits mm-hmm. using uh, like cheese slices people did like modular lettering which said say cheese ah okay uh, and then like people did things on like toast so for instance they put jam on toast but they left blank spaces for letters okay okay mm-hmm. and they wrote like in a jam because the letters ah. were literally in a jam <laughs> Like I mean, the sense of humor was like pretty low grade. Man, like, we going for the lowest hanging fruit, but it actually like it was like a little picnic, and people yeah. met, and you know, yeah. a lot of them were designers, but you know, a bunch of them weren't. Like they were photographers or writers mm. or just. Mm. It gave people a lot of ownership, mm. and it gave people a lot of satisfaction. Like I think yeah. we all feel really good when we can make something with our hands. Mm. I think we all really find a lot of like pride and satisfaction in doing that. Mm-hmm. and we don't do it very often anymore so i think people really that really attracts people mm-hmm. the idea of just doing something with their hands as opposed to um, their computers do you think it's also uh, you know do you think it also contributes to the whole play factor that it's outdoors like people tend to kind of relax a little bit it does exactly mm-hmm. and yeah and it's not like closed spaces or rooms don't give you a lot of like blank canvases but when you're in a yeah. park everything is mm. everything is good right. right like you can work on a bench you can sit in the grass yeah you're right i think like that play aspect is definitely i'm going to make a bad pun but like played up by being outside <laughs> like right that. right do you think when it comes to design you know we like to say that everybody has an opinion about it because everyone wants to say what looks good to them or doesn't Mm-hmm. Do you think it's like all the more when it comes to typography because people feel a little closer to letters? Would you say it's the safe assumption to make? I think it's strangely what you're saying, but for the opposite reason. I think that people don't notice letters; ah. they take them for granted, so they become really used to them. Hmm. Like they haven't really given it thought, but they've become too attached to them, and so the very fact okay. that they suddenly change bothers them. It doesn't matter whether it is hmm. for the better or the for the worse. I think, like for instance, was it some years ago that the font on Wikipedia changed for a brief while, or it just changed completely? Hmm. I don't think people disliked hmm. it because it was better or worse. They just subconsciously gotten used to something, and when it right. changed, right. it just made them uncomfortable. You know, I think right. with a lot of design which hmm. is public, I think that probably hmm. becomes. a very very big factor of why so many people get invested in it because 
Right, it just becomes right. so much a part of your everyday life that a change just unsettles yeah. you a little bit. I mean, right. I, I honestly don't right. think it's a bad thing that people have an opinion about it. Like, no, uh, where I'm coming from is you talked about like you know not just designers but all kinds of uh, people who are like developers and writers and all showed up at your type of mention. So I was thinking everyone can connect to it in some way. Like, I suppose in a strange way, like when we're if you think about like the kind of tasks or exercises we do in foundation, right? When we're in when we're doing our like. Mm-hmm bachelor's degrees in sciences so many of those things are basically the kind of things that children do and no matter right. what you do mm-hmm. when you grow up you've done them mm-hmm. as a child so it's in it's in all of us basically i mean we've all done mm-hmm. it at some point for things like when you say material exploration right it sounds like really hard yeah. and it is but as a child you've mm-hmm. already done mm-hmm. that in some measure yeah and then some of us are encouraged to do it more based on some like artificial standards of you know who draws better or hmm right everybody has yeah, done yeah. it i mean in a way all of us do design our lives to use the term more broadly right like we make all these decisions mm. which are both functional and aesthetic i are you still doing any of those or are there chapters around india or i mean i've recently met like uh, someone here in delhi she's a young her name is aprajita she's a young okay. uh, like sort of lettering artist i think we will okay. do one soon wow. yeah and i'm really saying this out loud to you so that i will be forced <laughs> okay. to do it we'll really hold you up to that <laughs> you know, now that it's out there and people would please hold me accountable i think aprajita will also really appreciate it okay. i've been delhi delhi you also worked on a braille converter now that also sounds interesting so yeah that was interesting and it kind of flowed very organically from the okay. type of inventions yeah i mean it really took the whole play aspect mm-hmm. to another level um this was when i was actually interning at apple and um, kriti and some other people here in delhi think uh, an architect called rohan uh, they were all uh, doing a lot of type of inventions in delhi and one of the projects that they were working on was doing a hindi and braille installation in a school for the visually impaired okay. in delhi okay uh, i mean i volunteered to like again do the letter design mm-hmm. so it was basically some poetry a couple of lines of poetry so the same thing in hindi and the same thing in braille okay so okay. so we thought that we would basically you know use some manner of a pixel uh design for hindi as well so it was basically just re- basically also dots like just like braille which mm-hmm. is also dots and in the process of trying to basically convert the poetry to uh the version of braille that is used in india which is called bharati braille i realized that there were no resources which would do that for you for like a very low cost or for free like most of them okay. were like massively expensive like proprietary software mm-hmm. so a friend of mine a developer called nirbhik chauhan who who actually really helped me also do the conversion in the first place you know because he's a developer he had the skills to like maybe make something like that so he was like do you think we should just try to make a converter which just converts from hindi to braille and i was like yeah that would be cool and then we sat on the idea for 6 months because you know lazy um <laughs> but then we found ourselves in the same city when i moved to bangalore and then we were like you know what let's give this a shot and, mm-hmm. and so yeah that's how the converter came out to be like we were trying to solve a problem we had already solved but we thought in case someone else has a problem in the future so yeah it, it ended up being like a free and open source thing in the wild which i hope people use sometimes so lately you know we spoke about like public spaces and typography mm-hmm. uh, lately mm-hmm. you've been doing typography walks where you're spotting yeah. street lettering and sign painting mm-hmm. how did that come about for for many many years i've been like a compulsive photographer of interesting 
or really good or really bad lettering. And I think, I mean, I'm not unique in that in any way. Um, I think a lot of designers are into type hmm. love doing that. Um, so I'd been doing that yeah. for years. Yeah. I think the first time I really, really made a proper effort to do it was like when I was straight out of college and I was traveling a lot in the Delhi metro. I started documenting all the pixel letters in the Delhi metro I mean, hmm. because it has like all the messages come in both English and Hindi. So there are two scripts and there were pixel right. fonts. And so that was probably like my first foray into doing that even remotely seriously. Hmm. When I moved to Bangalore, I was trying to teach myself how to read a bit of Kannada. Okay. The thing that was easiest to do was to basically read road signs, right? Because hmm. it was in English and Kannada both. So right. you had the question and the answer in the same spot. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, yeah. if you have to teach yourself, it was a good way. So. I, yeah. I mean, that was something I would do a lot, like stare at signs. And then mm. that led to photographing signs. And I used to run like this small Tumblr where I would collect like these um, photographs of lettering. And okay. for some time, like whenever I would talk about it with people, they would always be like, oh, like, you know, it would be fun if you could show me that sign. If you could go around and, you know, you could point out the interesting one. And I'd heard of these lovely like type walks that happen in other cities abroad and they sounded really fun. And mm. I think for a while I was hoping somebody would do it so I could attend them. <laughs> Sadly, <laughs> no one did. And so finally I sort of like, you, know, you had to do it. Scared. I had to do it. Like, I had to be brave and like be the one to do it. Um, hmm. So Delhi has this really lovely walk festival that happens in the fall. Uh, where for a okay. week it's called the Delhi Walk Festival and there are different like walks okay. that happen across the city like all sorts of things and so I thought like why not propose a type walk and see if you know if it's just me who thinks it's interesting or you know others who've been doing this for a while also think this could be nice and yeah the people at DWF thought it was quite interesting and they gave me a chance to sort of run the walk during the festival yeah and I mean the response was great like it got sold out I mean I was my fear was like I was going to go there and there were going to be like two other people. I would just be like embarrassed <laughs> the entire time and I wouldn't know what to do. But it was pretty great. Like, so I ran the walk in Pahadganj in Delhi, which is this neighborhood right next to the railway station. Okay, okay. And and like it's a it's a really interesting neighborhood because it has like it basically has a lot of like really cheap a lot of them quite seedy hotels like right next to the railway station mm-hmm. which is a common like theme mm-hmm. across big cities. But a lot of interesting uh, lettering to look at. Therefore a lot of interesting lettering to look at like because so many people from different parts of the country come to Delhi either as tourists or to look for work. The result mm. of that is that a lot of signs uh, in Pahadganj are actually in not in Hindi or in English. So there are like hmm. restaurants with Odia signs in them because like you can get oh, like okay. a, you know you can get like a basic cheap Odia thali for instance hmm. or similarly for like pretty much all the major languages of the country there's also a lot of foreign tourists who are passing by especially ones who are sort of backpacking through the country who basically end up flying to one of the big cities right or Delhi or Bombay or whatever and they go from there hmm. so there's right. also a lot of signs which speak in their languages so you've got like Korean okay. signs and hmm. Japanese ones and Russian and Polish and Hebrew Okay. So it's actually really interesting hmm. because like in about a kilometers, kilometer and a half long walk, you can actually spot like a dozen different languages. Hmm. And that is like not even counting the four languages which are like Delhi state's official languages. So not English, Hindi, Punjabi or Urdu. Like beyond that, you can spot like 10, 15 other languages and so forth. And plus like it has these large neon signs all advertising CD hotels hmm. so that's another I mean you don't see neon I mean I mean, you're in Chennai there's lots of neon signs in Chennai there are there are 
neon is not a thing that like in the i mean i've grown up here but even in the last 10 15 years where i've been more of a grown up it's not something you see everywhere mm. like it is a novelty so to be in a neighborhood mm. that has so many of them is also i mean even for those who live in delhi a novel experience so mm. so yeah mm. i mean that neighborhood actually gave a lot of scope to talk about different things like about languages about how scripts function in different ways the histories of different scripts how thing i mean how different languages are written and then yeah. of course we talk about mm. like hand painted signs and there are some lovely ones there and neon the science behind neon mm. signs because they are a pretty cool thing right and i mean i'm trying to put together one more type of which is in one of the old british cemeteries in delhi okay So you're going to be looking at type on tombstones and stuff on gravestones yeah okay. exactly wow. right type on gravestones mm-hmm. basically so the cemetery i mean i think the oldest tombstone that i've been able to date there is from like 1825 hmm i mean there is history right there yeah. yeah right it's not often that you can actually see a sign which is 200 years old hmm a sign in a language that you can read right this is just a sign in english like somebody is saying that their daughter is right. dead i'm hoping to do a talk about the history of western typography in great Wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to the Madras War Cemetery here and it's just beautiful to just look at I know the type but as well as you have just two sentences to talk about somebody this this is very interesting to to walk around and yeah. Yeah, and it's it's quite moving. You have all these projects, which either you call them passion projects or personal projects, whatever that means. You know, how do you? Let's yeah. be honest. Excuses. <laughs> how do you? How, yeah. How do you keep it going? Uh, you know, how do you? Uh, I, mean, I don't always. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, I think the honest answer is I don't always like. Okay. But, okay. And I, I think I think mostly I've learned to accept that. Hmm. I mean, sometimes for a few months I will be really into one of them, and a lot of. stuff would happen and sometimes they they take a back seat mm. uh, but i think what they do require is a lot of planning mm. yeah basically project management mm. you know because there are all these like small <laughs> things sound, the, the passion project is sounding boring now <laughs> no and and strangely at some point they do they do like with my partner like we when we first started living together mm. uh, we had this food blog right and we were like super committed to it and stuff and we would like post really often but mm. after like 3 years of doing it it started to feel like work mm. because you know we also built these expectations in our head about you know how we have to post every week and people would ask us about it and right. it did feel like work and we actually stopped okay. you know it was a very organic thing to have happened and every now and then we mm. post now but anything you sort of build rules around becomes work so that's why more right. and more i've started to think it's okay if i don't do something for a while probably makes room for some other distraction and then you get into that exactly it makes room for something else mm. like a couple yeah. of years ago i decided to read 100 books in a year right like i think mm. all kinds of passion projects took a back seat like i didn't have time for anything else like i didn't do any like self initiated like design projects i stopped posting reading. on my food blog mm. because all my mm. free time was going into reading Mm. And that was fine. It was a spectacular year. I think. Yeah. I mean, mostly I've learned to be committed to them, but not mm. in a way that becomes like right. a negative thing in my life. I think you just catch the season you're in and like milk it for all it's worth. I think that's a really good way to put it. Yeah. I'm going to ask you the boring question about gyan for designers. I really thought about this question. I felt and <laughs> I thought too deep. I think I was like saying anything is going to feel mm. like self. It's going to feel self-important. <laughs> I'm feeling self-important because I'm feeling self-important. That's stupid, Pooja. Uh, but it did really send me down a rabbit hole, a bad one. But mm-hmm. I mean, I think 
with mm-hmm. gyan okay. i definitely think i've gained a lot mm-hmm. by reading mm-hmm. and reading whatever so i have like a lot of books and when i say lots i mean like okay. in the couple of thousands my house is basically one bookshelf after the other <laughs> um i i do think that's one of the things that really does make a lot of what i do in life more rounded Mm. Um, so yeah, I think reading, and I think it's not emphasized enough when we're in design school, mm. especially about reading stuff that's not design, design, which is not design, design. And I found that right. that really puts a lot of things into perspective, and also like mm. a lot of my you know like side projects do really stem from reading other stuff because <clears throat> like I don't think the type box would be as interesting for people if all I talked about was type. Like mm. they just wouldn't be. I think our lives are richer when we have more context. Like other than that, I think it's just yeah. I wish people were more political in their work, but that's a whole other. Let's not open that can of worms. But yeah, reading. That's going to be my gyan for the day. <laughs> Everybody should read more. Yeah, I think that's a great message for anyone, <laughs> designer or not. Kind of. This has been a lot of fun. I was going to ask for book recommendations, but I think your answer was better <laughs> than any you know particular book recommendation you could give. Uh, where can people find you online? Are you mostly on Instagram or where do you hang out? I'm on Instagram where I'm Matra Tai. Okay. I'm on Twitter mm-hmm. where I'm Aniksa Saju, okay. which is my name backwards. Okay. Uh, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I'm not much of a Facebooker. Okay, sure. We'll I think we'll give out all the links and I'll probably ask you all the cool photos from uh, the fun stuff you've been doing. Absolutely. So, So thanks again thanks Pooja for doing this. Oh thank you so much for talking to me this was lots of fun. Not as I mean I shouldn't have been nervous this wasn't scary. <laughs> <laughs> That's good to know. This is the first time I've taken a walk into the in-depth process of creating type. I literally felt like I was walking into a bunch of giant alphabets and trying to figure out what kind of finish should go on the walls, uh, where a beam should be knocked off or where there needs to be a window. typography is all about building something functional right just like you build a house to live in or a desk to sit on i believe that one of the most valuable abilities that designers possess is to be able to do these interventions in a delightful way whether it's a typovention or a cartoonvention or a spacevention <laughs> yeah i guess you could say it's more invention than intervention and while it may not always be hardcore functional problem solving there are always uh, opportunities like the braille converter puja designed in collaboration with her friend it's amazing what ideas one can put into motion when you find the right person to collaborate with you and this is why it's so important not to stick within our inner circles and go meet professionals from fields other than our own yeah it's always good to have some diversity in the mix um someone coming from a very different perspective Yeah and that's why I think public installations like the public typoventions were fantastic because mm-hmm. public space gives us an opportunity to engage with non-designed people speaking from personal experience there can also be a different kind of bubble uh, when mm-hmm. you work out of a home studio rather than a large company which does a multitude of functions yeah. it might be easy to get into our comfort zones or just into that zone <laughs> and focus only on our work work Um I do think showing up at meetups and public events is really vital even if you're not a very social animal. Yeah. Another challenge I could really relate to was about project management when it comes to personal projects. You might think that planning a personal project would just take the fun out of it, but it can actually be exciting and most importantly help the project take wings. 
Yeah. I think doing this whole personal project thing can be especially challenging when it's a collaborative thing and the mm-hmm. participants stay in different cities. But mm. not bad for us. We managed to pull <laughs> off Design Lota. Yeah, we might have a Lota anniversary coming up. Oh, you're right. Uh, it's already been almost a year. Yeah. One thing I really regret is not pulling off the sustainable design blog that I've been meaning to write for over a year. I have all this random content I created in bullet points <laughs> in a doc somewhere. Yeah. Well, not to worry, Sushi. We are going to use some of that content as fodder for our next episode, which would be a really sustainable thing to do. <laughs> right? <laughs> totally. <laughs> hey listeners, what fascinates you most when it comes to designing type? Are you planning any type inventions, space inventions, design inventions? Tweet to us and we can actually show up. In the meantime, our transcript for this episode, all the references and some type invention pictures from Pooja will be up on our blog designlota.com. So until next time, bye. Bye.